Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, baby. Back at it again. Can't stop, won't stop situation here on the NFL Draft Bible Radio podcast show. Today, we'll be previewing the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference. The prospects you need to know upcoming for the 2019 draft and beyond. We'll take a look at some of the underclassmen. <clears throat> I'll ask my uh, guest panel, is Ryan Finley indeed the top quarterback in the ACC football conference? A lot of varying opinions. We'll ask our insiders about that. How about the Clemson defensive line? Holy mackerel. I mean, there could be as many as four first-round picks on that Clemson defensive line alone. And we'll talk about some of those top players, some of the top returning players, some of the top draft-eligible players, some of the impact, breakout, bust-out, younger players that you need to know because that's what we do here on the NFL Draft Lab. We're bringing you the names you need to know first since 2002. It's what we do, and if you haven't checked this out, go to the website. I mean, we're already on fire. Joe, I know you're on the line. Justin is, is looking for fishing around for the call-in number. If you can text him the call-in number for the 18th time this year. But in case you haven't been listening, uh, we've been you know rolling out the player spotlight shows. Jalen Moore from Appalachian State, the running back. Uh, we also had the um, – Supplemental draft running back Marty Carter from um, Grand Valley State University just tried out for the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, I believe. Jerome Smith, the cornerback from Georgia State, another name you need to know from the Sun Belt Conference. And of course, uh, next week we keep it moving, keep it grooving. By the way, We'll be on location at the NEC Media Day, Tuesday, July 24th. That will be from MetLife Stadium. I still, I don't know. It, it'll always be Giant Stadium to me. But MetLife Stadium will be on location. Oh, I think this will be the third or fourth consecutive year. Always uh, love attending the NEC Media Day. Uh, some prospects, a handful of prospects each and every year coming out. Um, of the NEC schools such as Wagner and Duquesne and big Cameron Lewis, the wide receiver from St. Francis, a name to keep an eye on. Uh, also, Alex Thompson, the quarterback, the transfer from Wagner came out of the NEC. We just did a huge profile on him on the NFL Draft Bible uh, website. We got some scouting reports rolling along and um, make sure – Justin has our call-in number, 347-945-6275. If you want to get on board, ask us a question. Today we're talking ACC, so 347-945-6275. Next week, quickly, Dylan Maben uh, from Fordham. Long, lengthy corner, second 
in the FCS with 19 pass deflections. Uh, he'll be joining us on Monday. Tuesday, like I said, we'll be on location at NEC Media Day. Wednesday, a slew of interviews, by the way. Anybody and everybody, just about every head coach and top player we will interview at the NEC Media Day. And then Wednesday, Troy Reeder from Delaware, the linebacker, uh, former Big Ten all-freshman selection, uh, transferred to Delaware where his brother – you know, his brother passed up some FBS scholarship opportunities there uh, to attend Delaware. Also, um, his father was team captain in 1984. Now he's the team captain. And we'll also have uh, him on Wednesday. So it's a, it's a jam-packed lineup. Uh, like I said, we're flowing with all kinds of uh, scouting reports on the NFL com. Some players you definitely – want to monitor for the upcoming season. But, again, it's about the ACC. And with that being said, we'll welcome in the stars of the show, Joe Everett, the uh, director of college football scouting, uh, Justin Gamble, also the co-director of college football scouting, Joe Everett, our GM. Uh, we'll be hitting you with the, the NFL draft Bible watch list. I think it's about good to go, maybe about 1,000 players or so. But we're going to welcome them into the show. Uh, if you haven't checked out the SEC preview show, do that. Another uh, hour of power talking SEC prospects. And, you know, listen, Urban Meyer, Big Ten, they might have something else to say about when you talk, when you talk about strictly, purely an NFL draft standpoint of view. Uh, right after the SEC is the ACC, who had 45 players selected in the 2018 NFL draft second to the SEC, the SEC 53. So when you think about it, there's 98 players right there from these two conferences that we're previewing off the gate. A hundred players, over a third of the draft came out of these two conferences alone. And of course, six first round selections a year ago. So to talk about the 2019 ACC prospects are Joe Everett and Justin Gamble. We welcome them into the show now. Uh, Joe, how's your summer treating you, my man, out there in Indianapolis? Oh, it's it's been hot, but it's been good. Getting a lot of work done and uh, getting a lot of prospects watched, man. It's it's football season, fast and frenzy. I don't care if it's July. No, we don't care. We can't stop. We won't stop. Uh, probably about at least a good hundred scouting reports for next year and beyond already up on the website. Justin, media days in full effect. I know you got your eyes peeled to the uh, monitor, as do I, watching in, soaking in all the the Big 12 SEC media days this week. Uh, Hey, football right around the corner. How's it treating you out there in Denver? Summer of Justin's officially over. Uh, I go to Mexico in like two weeks, but as of this week, or as of kind of last week, man, I started hitting the tape hard, and I'm kind of excited especially for the ACC, this conference has some big-time players this year. So um, I'm pumped and ready to go, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. And if I was going to Mexico, I'd be booking that one-way ticket for sure. Of course, you know me, RIC and a place to be. Rick Saratella, telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft. Since 2002, you com. Shout out to the good folks at uh, Pressure Sportswear. Make sure you check them out. Team Apparel, Athletic Clothing, Pressure Sportswear is where it's at. Can you handle the pressure? 
<laughs> also, uh, Jersey Strong Marketing wants to pump you up. All your marketing needs. Uh, if you have any information, email them, RIC at jerseymarketing.com. But it's a time to get draft strong up in the building. And, gentlemen, before we get to our um, top senior prospects and somebody, I don't know if somebody's outside, if you are, if you want to put it on mute for the time being. But before we get into our conversation with top draft eligible, uh, top underclassmen, maybe uh, – some impact players and all that good stuff. Uh, first off, Joe, I'll start it off with you. Who is the top prospect in this conference? And my original question at the top of the show, Ryan Finley, a lot of varying opinions, mixed opinions as to whether he's a franchise quarterback, whether he's a first-round quarterback. What's your take? Is he the best quarterback in the ACC? I don't think he's the best quarterback in the ACC. Uh, I think he's a good player. Uh, nice little quick release on him. I think he's got bad feet. Uh, he's a little bit more mobile than uh, Glennon was, but I don't see a lot of velocity on that pass. Um, like I said, he gets that ball, he gets rid of that ball pretty quick. But the system, I'm not in love with it. I just I don't know if we're looking at a first round player and then some of the other quarterbacks in the conference that are going to emerge here. Uh, if that kid for Clemson doesn't beat out Kelly Bryant and Dabo Sweeney's huffing paint chips, man. Like this Trevor Lawrence, I think he might be the best quarterback in the whole conference. And then that pass kid who's about to take over at Louisville, I mean, uh, I don't call him Puma for nothing. So uh, I think Finley's a, he's a nice player. Uh, there's some potential there, but I don't know if he's that much better than Eric Dungy at the end of things. I mean, he's taller. He's a better NFL prospect. But who's moving the ball up and down the field? Uh, he's uh, To me, he's. I, th- I think, you know, maybe there's potential. He falls in that top 100. But if anyone's, oh, yeah, best quarterback first rounder, they might want to go back to some of these games. Yeah, you know, hey, um, Eric Dungy, a guy a lot of scouts like the, uh, the size, pocket passing quarterback, ability to make the throws. You mentioned Juwan Pass from Louisville, obviously stepping into those Lamar Jackson shoes. And Trevor Lawrence, when it's all said and done, when we fast forward a couple years from now, uh, he could probably get selected as high as any quarterback in the conference you know, broke all of Deshaun Watson's uh, high school records there in the state of Georgia, can make all the throws. So all eyes are definitely going to be on Trevor Lawrence. And, Justin, I'll throw out one other name. You know, we've talked about him in the past. Daniel Jones, the Duke quarterback. David Cutcliffe calling him a first-round guy. I think he had an injury last year. But, again, uh, one of these Dan LeFever type of quarterbacks here in uh, Daniel Jones. So, uh, you heard Justin, I mean, you heard Joe, what he had to take, say about Ryan Finley, a lot of draft Knicks uh, analysts out there on the uh, Twitterverse, internet, are pretty high on Ryan, Ryan Finley. Joe, not so much. What's your take, Justin, and who is the top quarterback in this ACC? You know, at first I liked Finley, and I think I still do like him as a player. He's a good quarterback, but I oftentimes it seems like, you know, when a guy is quick and efficient, and kind of runs his system well, people assume it's all him. But when you study that system, it's it's a lot of, you know, easy reads. And, uh, you know, when he snaps it, he knows where he's supposed to go with the ball. And it kind of simplifies it a lot for him. So 
it looks like he's, you know, running things to perfection, like he's masterminding this whole scheme, but it's really just the coaches drawn up some really nice route concepts, some, you know, they take advantage of numbers, they get guys in space. Finley is, you know, slow-footed, he's kind of weak-armed, he, I don't really see him attack tight windows too often. Um, his deep ball is kind of just lob. It's kind of like an arm punt. I, I don't really, I don't get the first round hype on him at all. I think he's a good player. Like I said, he's an efficient guy, but the first round hype is just pure insanity. And I think, um, you know, if he was asked to maybe do more or asked to kind of make some more NFL throws, he'd be exposed a little bit. I, you know, that he's a backup. He's a backup at the next level. I don't see a starter. I think Daniel Jones is the clear cut top quarterback in this conference and I think at the very you know there's some games where you watch Jones I think he had a better 2016 than 2017 uh, mainly because you know defenses got smart and he's playing with a you know very inferior group of players compared to the rest of the conference when you look at Duke's roster um, but at the very least he's a, a better but he's still more mobile he still has more arm he's still more of a risk taker which I appreciate um, but I think, you know, he, he can drive the football. He can make the throws. Um, the dude's 6'5", so he's not going to – you don't have to worry about passing windows with him. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to be able to see. He's going to be able to, you know, escape the pocket. And I think that there's a lot to work with there. I don't know if he's a first-rounder, but when you look at some of the recent first-rounders over the years, I mean, even the top overall pick, Jared Goff, and I think he might rival Goff as far as where he was as a prospect. So, um you know, maybe that's high praise right now, but putting his full body of work into, you know, the big picture and the scope of things, I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy that even if he has another, you know, mediocre year on that terrible Duke squad, I think he's still a very solid prospect in his own right. So um, for me, easy top prospect or top quarterback prospect in the conference. It's not a sack conference by any means at the position, but he's, I think, far and away the best. Well, you know, it just goes to the point that we made, you know, last year um, leading up to the 2018 NFL draft. Everyone, you know, a lot of people focusing and dwelling on some of the warts of of this past year's quarterback class. And we said, you know, hey, I think Joe said you might want to just take a moment to appreciate this draft class because when we get to (laughs) the 2019, you know, listen, there's no clear cut. There's no consensus. Um you know, there could be a guy out there that we're not even talking about. We've seen it before with Cam Newton, uh, Carson Palmer out of nowhere, uh, and suddenly, yep. you know, the top quarterback in, in the draft. So it, it would not surprise me if we do see something like that this year. But, you know, um, always fun and intriguing to talk around, toss around quarterback uh, prospects. Justin, who are some of the top uh returning prospects or senior prospects here in the ACC that you're going to be watching this year? Oh, baby. I'm ex- this conference has some skill players, man. Um, looking at, like, the wide receiver position, I'll, I'll start off with a little guy who I don't think is going to get his due, but I like him. I don't think he's a top prospect by any means, but um, long NFL career ahead of him. I think so. Hunter Renfro, I hate to, you know, do the cliche, oh, he's like an Edelman, he's whatever, whatever, but I mean, the kid is fantastic. Year after year, we see him beating up on SEC uh, corners and, you know, like these playoff games that they're in. And he's schooling dudes from the slot on the boundary. It doesn't matter. He's extending, making catches away from his body. Uh, it's 
Amazing. And I know they, they posted that. Him and some teammates posted, like, shirtless photos of them on the beach or something. And someone tweeted, like, Hunter Renfro gives us all hope. Because the kid has – he basically has a dad bod, but he's, you know, dominating power five defensive backs. So, um, you know, Renfro, is he going to go in the top two days of the draft? Probably not. But is he going to have a long career ahead of him in the slot making tough catches and getting beat up and, you know – being someone's safety blanket, absolutely. I, I really like him. I think he's got underrated speed. I think he's a little faster than people are going to give him credit for. Probably a little faster than he's going to run at the combine because he just plays so well. But um, I like Hunter Renfro. And then, geez, this is – I'm going to go out on a limb here. Amon Richards from Miami might be the top wide receiver prospect in the country. I know there's so many good prospects at that position this year. So, you know, any everyone's going to have a different wide receiver, number one. But for me – when you look at him and then you look at – I was kind of struggling to figure out what I wanted to compare him to or what I felt like I should compare him to. But when I go back and watch Odell Beckham play at LSU, he wasn't really the guy he is in the NFL right now. He was solid. He was fast. But he almost looked faster with the ball in his hands than he did running routes. And he kind of didn't show off that freakish athleticism all the time at LSU. It was a little hidden. Like, for some reason, it just didn't pop all the time. Amon Richards kind of looks like that. At Miami, he he's fluid and acrobatic and long, and when he gets the ball in his hand, suddenly he becomes a burner, and you think, like, where did this come from? Because when he's running his routes all the time, it doesn't look like he's, you know, a 4-4 guy. But as soon as the ball gets in his hand, he turns into Odell Beckham, Sammy Watkins, where he just starts flying. Um, I'm excited about Amon. I think there's a guy that he's not going to be – he's not going to be at a true height, weight, speed, because he's not – you know, 6'2", he's not 210 pounds. I think he's only probably like 195, maybe 200. But um, just the acrobatic type of athlete he is. And the thing, uh, I, I just think he's going to be a first-rounder this next year, man. I think that there's such a skill set there that's going to pop once he hits the NFL. And I'm pumped about that. And then, you know, under the radar wide receiver that I was watching the other day, Jalen uh, Smith from Louisville. He's like 6'4", 210 making some tough catches with Lamar Jackson last year. I mean, Lamar was a little inconsistent with velocity placement, all that stuff, and some of the guys struggled with catches. But this guy was pretty consistent to a point for Lamar, making the tough catches away from his body, behind him, into traffic. Um, and then he's got the speed to pull away from guys. And at 6'4", that, you know, immediately your eyes go, who's this big dude that can start flying? You know, you don't expect that kind of speed. So um, there's some – talented receivers in this class and then geez deandre francois like i can go back to quarterbacks real quick i was just thinking about deandre francois comes back this year from injury and i think there's a lot to work with there mentally he was so prepared and ready every single game and you know that first year they played all miss the you know the first game and he looked pretty terrible but as that year went on he just got better and better and better and better um and the, the type of throws he can make and that he attempts to make with the anticipation. I think there's a lot to work with there. And I see a guy that, you know, really mentally is ready to play at a high level. So um, shoot him. Um, one last name I'll throw out there, Travis Homer from Miami as well. They're running back. He kind of runs a little high, but he's got some speed. He's got some wiggle. Someone the other day on Twitter was telling me that he reminds them of a young DeMarco Murray. And I kind of see that with the way he can run. He's a little stiff, but, He's got the speed. He's got the receiving ability. Um, you know, looks potentially like a starter in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be a high-level, carry-the-load, elite type of guy, but he's a de- he has a starter skill set. So 
you know, this conference is full of skilled players, man, that can just do exciting, explosive things at the ball. Yeah, skilled players, explosive players, plenty to go around. Of course, they're in, uh, at the U, Mark Walton moving on to the next level, so there'll be plenty of carries to go around there. Uh, Joe, a couple of uh, intriguing players that Justin brought up there. Of course, you know, Hunter Renfro, all he does is make big plays. That guy has come through in the clutch time in and time out. Um you know, hey, props to Louisville. You know, I, I don't think they get enough re- uh, credit for the recruiting. I mean, they, they always have players just ready to step in. And, you know, uh, Joe, you mentioned Juwan Pass, the quarterback. Justin mentioned Jalen Smith, a good-looking wideout, maybe the top wideout in this conference. Um, and then a couple of injured players, you know, DeAndre Francois, somebody we were high on. Uh, coming into the season a year ago, same with Amon Richards. You know, we thought for sure he would be a candidate to declare early with his four-four uh, speed. Obviously, some work to do to prove that he can come back from that meniscus injury from a year ago. But just you know what, I do like his size and speed ratio. He's about six foot one, six foot one and a half, and like Justin mentioned, that 195 pounds. If he can show that same type type of explosiveness before the injury, you're absolutely right. You're looking at a potential first round pick. But again, I think you know the medical will have a lot to do with that. Uh, Joe, your thoughts there, and then again, you know your uh, top returning players or senior players in this ACC conference. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more about Amon Richards. Uh, that's definitely straight out of my show notes too. Uh, he actually has a report at four three one forty on campus, and that freshman season was like nine hundred plus receiving yards. That's that's the best freshman season of anybody at Miami, including Michael Irvin. So uh, I think the kid is totally legit. Um, there's just some things he does behind the back, one-handed catches. He's reversed his field against West Virginia as a freshman for a score. Like it's just he showed up uh, ready-made to just make plays. So I think Amon Richard. Yeah, I assume he would declare early. And just real quick on the Miami class, you guys realize Mark Rick maybe had eight or seven weeks before signing day when he got that job. He recruited. Amon Richardson, Shaquille Quarterman, Michael Pickney, Zach McLeod, all starters at linebacker, then Joe Jackson, their defensive end, Travis Homer, who uh, Justin brought up to the table. I mean, uh, what talk about a last-minute makeshift Swiss Army knife class that probably is all going to get drafted this year. They're all going to be juniors, and they're all real players. I think Joe Jackson, a lot of people don't even know what they've oh, got there, but I've – I've got him as a first rounder, so I think this He's whole good. Miami group you could <laughs> you could talk about. We could do a whole podcast just on Miami and Clemson. I mean, just alone. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, Rick definitely deserves some credit for just like last minute. Let me put together a group that's that's just just going to be tight. Um, just not even Renfro from Clemson. They just have seniors ready to draft. Everybody knows about Christian Wilkins. I think he's going to be that undersized three-tech in an even front. Uh, but he could have some potential homes. I think Austin Bryant is like that ugly duckling of the, that front four. I mean, not, not enough people talking about what Austin Bryant can do. He's a little bit of an athletic freak in his own right. And 
there's another senior over at uh, Mitch Hyatt. I thought he might declare, but, you know, it, it's kind of gone downhill for him since <laughs> sophomore year. But, hey, when the GOAT Deshaun Watson leaves, am I right, boys? Am I right? <laughs> but uh, Kendall Joseph, uh, the linebacker at Clemson, that's another senior. I expect that uh, he was all-conference. He'll lead the team in tackles. So, yeah, Clemson's got a good too, group. The other, the other linebacker? Oh, man, they're littered. It's just uh, yeah, pretty crazy yeah. over there. If I had to pick, though, like the top drafted player in the conference, I'm still I'm sticking with Cleland Farrell. I mean, just those vines he has for arms, the, the long frame, he's got the bend. But another kid that I think it was just redshirt freshman, that game against Ohio State, I don't know if he's 19 or maybe 18, but uh, Farrell – took control of that game. The Buckeyes know his name real well. So uh, I think if I had to pick, like, the top player, that'd be the guy. And then, uh, yeah, I think uh, Justin stole one from me, though. The Mon Richards, I think that's the real deal. Uh, he just had an injury-plagued season last year. A lot of people are going to forget what he was able to do uh, as a pretty much 18-year-old in Coral Gables. So I, I think that guy <laughs> is just going to turn some heads this year. And then, yeah, I, I guess the last senior, too. Can't forget about the other Florida State kid, DeMarcus Christmas. That's another pile mover. It just seems like the Seminoles got a big DT every year. I think he's kind of next. And I'm kind of curious why he stayed so long as a senior. But, yeah, this conference, uh, a lot of good names. Jeez. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll wait for the underclassmen. But, yeah, there's that, that, they got it overflowing in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about the Clemson defensive line. I mean, Clemson as a whole. Is anybody going to top Clemson, Joe? And if I put the over-under at three and a half for this defensive front on that Clemson defensive line, how many guys are going in this first round on that defensive line? Is it going to be all four? I mean, where? how do you see that? I have my last mock at all four of them, man. Uh, I believe wow. Austin Bryant's the one that might not have the cachet at this point right now, but he has some highlight footage of like plays he's made to where you just don't see defensive ends like that growing on trees. But uh, I believe Lawrence will be very highly drafted. That's just that size, like the, the theory of guys like that aren't born every 10 years. I think that yeah. he's fallen in the first round. Uh, Farrell's definitely first rounder. And then Wilkins, some people are debating on Wilkins, you know, exactly what he's going to be, but he falls into the mix. I think your your handicap number is dead on. It's got to be three and a half because, you know, three of them are going. It's just a question, will Bryant get in? Unbelievable. See, I, got, I, I mean, I got a hot take for you, Joe. I, I don't think Farrell tests well at all. I think he goes to the right. combine and bombs it. And I, I – and in. The thing is, when I watch Farrell on tape, too, I want to know what his trump card is because his get-off is decent. He, you know, he has some, he has some nice, like, slap rip moves, whatever, slap chops. He's got some highlight hand plays, but he doesn't have the bend to really wrap around the pocket. You know, guys escape from him a lot. You can see that he's clearly, you know, tight in the midsection, tight in the hips. Um, and then when he converts, I, I rarely see him convert speed to power or even really attempt it. He kind of gets locked up. I don't see his hands really shocked. He doesn't disengage. There's like, I feel like he's not at all the sum of his parts, and that might change this year. He might suddenly become a you know super freak this year, but I just don't see some of the things other people are seeing with with Farrell yet. 
Um, I want to, and I, th- I think two years ago, what was it, that Ohio State game that he just wrecked pass rushers so far, which is what he's going to be drafting. He's, he's a defensive end. Someone's going to draft him and say, like, you know, if he, you're a first-round pass rusher, get after the quarterback, get sacks for us. But I don't necessarily – I can't say that I see a guy that can come in and wreck offensive ta- NFL offensive tackles just yet. I mean, I don't even think he's really dominating in – college i think you know the auburn game he kind of wore down that auburn tackle so it was like the fourth quarter he started to kind of you know enforce his will a little bit but overall i'm just struggling to see it so that's just my maybe hot take early saying that i don't know if i see a first rounder yet i don't know if i see a guy that is going to test well at the combine i could be crazy but i don't know man that's that's just where i'm at with it at this point well, Justin, I mean, it sounds like you're taking that under then on the three and a half. I think so, man. I don't think Brian is going to go near the first round. I don't think Farrell. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. And you're not, you're not a it. huge you're not a huge fan on Wilkins either. I like Wilkins. I think he's going to destroy the combine. I just want to see it mm-hmm. on. I want to see him dominate tape. I want to see him, you know, kind of take over a game on tape right now. But I think that lack of his lack of length and he just kind of doesn't play as strong as you would think he would I I just haven't seen it. I love him as a as a player and as an athlete but so far when you watch their games it's like he has a few splash plays but overall it looks kind of like he's outmatched versus a lot of offensive linemen when he clearly shouldn't be I mean he, he clearly should be destroying people and I don't know if it's the way they're using him because they they run a lot of slants they kind of try to two gap sometimes and I know it's just he played defensive end that one year. So I don't even hate – I don't even blame him a whole lot because when you have a guy that's that athletic and that freakish, you should be putting him in the position to win and succeed and take over games like he should be doing. But I don't think they're doing that, so it's not all his fault. But I just want to see it. I want to, Maybe this year, hopefully this year, we see a guy that really – that athleticism finally comes out and we say, holy crap, you know, this guy is capable of dominating just like we thought all along. Well, you know, I thought the NC State defensive line was one of the top defensive lines that I could recall, you know, the last 18 years covering the draft. I think one thing we can all agree on is that this year's Clemson defensive line is even superior to the NC State line we saw last year, yes? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this, this, is a, this is a dominant defensive line. And when it comes to combine time, you know, listen, Christian Wilkins, uh, Rashawn Gary, Ed Oliver. I mean, this is going to be a more talked about defensive tackle class, I I believe, than, you know, I, I think the Domicon Sue and, and Gerald McCoy, that was the most talked about defensive tackle duo to come out of the draft that I can recall. I think this trio, when they, when they perform in Indianapolis, I mean, the buzz is going to be so deafening with the numbers Raquan that these Davis guys put up. Raekwon Davis, yeah. I mean, these yeah. are going to be numbers that we have never seen before, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, remember, you heard it here first, NFL Draft Bible Podcast Radio, breaking down the ACC with Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, RIC, Rick Saratella. Kind of like it is when it comes to the NFL draft since 2002. It's what we do, and a uh, lot of lot to still get to. 
Uh, we've been talking so much about the skilled players. Let me just throw in a Jersey guy here real quick. <laughs> Tight end Tommy Sweeney. Um, you know, listen, this guy, big, stocky, athletic, dependable hands. Um, you know, probably a day two mid-round selection. Not a strong tight end class, I don't think, this upcoming year, but at six foot four and a half, 260 pounds. This guy goes over the middle. Um, he's just a load to bring down. I'm going to call him a poor man's uh, Mark Bavaro. And, you know, Mark Bavaro being from the New England Boston area, Tommy Sweeney playing Boston College. I bring it back around again. The poor man's Mark Bavaro, what does it translate to? Well, I'll bring it back to a Jersey guy since Sweeney's from Ramsey, New Jersey. He's Anthony Fasano. <laughs> so, hey. you know, listen, there you go. Tommy Sweeney, Boston College, um, you know, had a chance to see him against Florida State last year and, and liked what I saw. Uh, him along with A.J. Dillon, who should probably be reserved for the underclassmen segment, but I mean, at six foot, 250 pounds, I watched AJ Dillon run through, over, and around that Florida State defense where they just thrashed them 35 to 3. Uh, AJ Dillon racking up 149 yards. I might be skipping off the beaten path there, but that's what we do when the names keep flowing through the memory bank. Only so many filing cabinets before we get overflowed. And uh, Nyquan Murray, I think, is the guy returning that gets lost a little bit in the mix there. Florida State, hey, we talked about Amon Richards. Florida State might have the best receiving core in the conference. Uh, Nyquan Murray, this guy, slot receiver at the next level, straight line speed, run salad routes, um, love his balance and fluidity in the open field. But, you know, he's got some young bucks uh, chomping at the bit there. You know, again, just some names to file for the memory bank. Keith Gavin, uh, six foot three, I think he's like 220, 230 pounds. He was third on the team with 27 receptions last season. And also, Tamori and Terry, uh, redshirted last year, six foot four, 200 pounds. The coaching staff raves about him. Auden Tate declaring early, two big bodied wide receivers there at Florida State to go along with Murray. Um, DeAndre Francois, plenty of targets there. Uh, so just some other names to keep in mind. We're going to transition into some of the underclassmen. But, again, you're tuned into NFL Draft Bible Radio, NFLDraftBible.com, our ACC 2019 NFL Draft Preview Show. That's right, right here in July, July 19th to be exact. We're going to tell you what's going to happen in April, giving you all the names you need to know, who's on tap, who's percolating and friolating. Uh, So with that being said, Justin, I'll go back over to you. I mean, hey, we talked about some of the uh, upperclassmen. There's a lot of talent with the underclassmen. Obviously, we've talked about the spew of talent that has come out of this conference, but who are some of the underclassmen guys we mentioned the Joe Jacksons of the world. Who are some guys you're keeping an eye on? You're keeping an eye on. There's, you know, like we said, there's just freaking talent. And 
I'll stick with Florida State, a guy that we didn't talk about yet, but Brian Burns. I believe he's a junior this year, I believe. Uh, finally eligible. 6'5", listed at 231. Um, I don't know if he's 6'5", but I don't really care because he's probably at least 6'3", so irrelevant. But, I mean, they you know he's on the edge. They used him. He was kind of funky. I mean, they had him in, like, the four-point stand sometimes, and they asked him to stack against the run, blah, blah, blah. That's not where he's going to be. This dude is a pure speed freak show outside rusher. And, I mean, when we talk about bending flat into the quarterback, sometimes that gets overused. But this kid is on Vaughn Miller level when it comes to being able to basically parallel himself with the ground sometimes and dip so low that offensive tackles just don't have a shot. And, I mean, not only can he dip, but he's not falling over when he's doing it. He's staying on his feet and accelerating to the quarterback. Some of his highlights, some of the sacks you'll see this kid make are absolutely insane. Um, I, he's undersized, so that's going to go against him, you know, all the way until April. It's going to go against him at the it's, – it's never going – that's going to be his stick. That's going to be his thing is that he's small. He should be able to do this. But when you watch this kid play, the get-off that he has, the pure ability to rush the passer – is just freakish. And then he's proportionate. He doesn't have – Arden Key last year was kind of that guy where he was maybe – he had too long of legs almost for his body, and it kind of made him tight-hipped. And when you got him in the open field, it kind of exploited that he wasn't the athlete you really could drop into space or really asked to do more than just come forward after the quarterback. But Brian Burns looks like a safety when you put him in space. And, I mean, I just don't think there's anything he can't do I've seen him, you know, chase running backs to the boundary, chase quarterbacks out there he cannot do other than be big. But, you know, at, at some point when you're drafting a guy to just to rush the passer, it doesn't matter. And I think that's exactly what he can do. Um, so, you know, I don't know what the – there's a, there's definitely a cap to his stock because of his weight, but we'll get to that later in the process. Right now, put your eyes on number 99 on the Florida State defensive line because the kid's an absolute freak show. And then – Another underclassman, he's not eligible this year, but a guy that I've talked about before as maybe the fastest kid I've ever seen in college football, Travis Etienne, the sophomore running back from Clemson. The, pa- the full package of this, I mean, the, he's six foot, maybe six one, already 210 pounds, and I wouldn't doubt it if he's in the four threes, but the burst that he shows and the vision and the power to finish runs is absolutely insane. And it's Adrian Peterson-esque, just that the height, weight, speed that he comes with is absolutely insane as well. And I think, you know, in, a, in next year, we're talking about a top five, top ten pick at running back because they, they just don't come like this kid a lot. And, you know, like I said, this the conference is full of skilled guys, and he's another one of them. And then, you know, let's stick with Clemson. We talked about we could have a whole show on the Clemson, Florida State, Miami, but Trayvon Mullen, the uh, corner, from Clemson, long, big press corner dude. Um, he's a little high in his pedal sometimes. He gets a little stiff if you ask him to play off. But if you put him at the line of scrimmage, man, he is locking dudes up. He plays fast. He plays mean. Plays with his length. He doesn't just have it. He plays with it. He knows what he's doing with it. And I've seen him, you know, run guys out of bounds, bury him in the dirt. Uh, just one of those Seattle Seahawks type cliche corners, but. I mean, this is another one, another one coming into the league, another long, tall press corner that's capable of running with anybody, finds the ball well as well. Um, I mean, this, this conference, man, I, I, we, we could do a whole show on just a few teams, but when we put in the whole conference, this is insane. 
Uh, there's just so many guys everywhere. Well, you know, it's funny because as you talk about Trayvon Mullen, a guy very highly recruited coming out of high school, this guy is six one and change, if not six two. And the comparison that comes to mind is Richard Sherman, who we had a firm, yeah. firm first grade on, by the way, at, at the NFL Draft Bible, just saying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Trayvon Mullen is, is in that shell, and he brings that size, that kind of length and, and coverage ability. So uh, that's that guy, I think he could be a special talent. Uh, Travis, Etienne, and he's got the swagger I mean, too. He's, he's he's a mean dude. He too. does he's not a he soft does. corner at all. No doubt about it. Love it. And and, and and this Clemson running back, I mean, all he did was rack up thirteen touchdowns and, and average seven two seven point two yards per carry. Uh, just ridiculous. And you know, Brian Burns, a guy I have in my notes. I mean, listen, limber, lean, long. Athletic, I call him the lawnmower man. He's just constantly high motor, in your face. Uh, the coaching staff raves about his football IQ. Needs to, you know, get better against the run. But you look at that frame right now, it looks like Deion Jordan. You know, yeah. six five, two twenty. You know, maybe he bulked up a little bit during the off season, but he has the frame to grow into a Javon curse. He could be that type of guy, right? But right now, the comparison, I'll even bring it back around again, when you talk to the coaches there, they're comparing him to John Abraham. So just to give you some perspective on Brian Burns, I'm a big fan, as I am a big fan of Levanta Taylor. You know, here's a corner that – Probably a slot at the next level. You know, uh, Mullen, a guy who's going to play the boundary, but this Levanta Taylor from Florida State, he's special. He's something special. He hasn't produced to his potential, but I think this is going to be a big step-up year for him. Um, I have some other guys, but I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. Let's go over to Joe. Any any thoughts on Burns, Mullen, Etienne, uh, anybody that we talked about, Joe, and then who are some of the underclassmen that you're keeping an eye on? Well, Justin started talking about Travis Etienne and that uh, running back class potential. I'd like to take this time to make a public service announcement on the 2020 running back class. Travis Etienne, A.J. Dillon from Boston College, Jonathan Taylor, tailback from Wisconsin. There's a fellow that plays at Florida State by the name of Cam Akers. J.K. Well, Dobbins, Najee Harris at Alabama. There's Stephen Carr at USC. This uh, this sophomore group right now, yeah, Swift. I mean, there's really some stupid talent right now at sophomore class, and all those guys, they will not be eligible this year, but uh, dynasty alert. If you're trying to shape up and beef up that running back core on your team, uh, you might want to trade into 2020 not 2019. So now with that well, out of second, the way. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hey, <laughs> Justin. Ju- hey, wait. But you're getting on that Justin bandwagon because I know Justin. You took some flack this week. You said you got three guys, three running backs already in 2020 that you'll take over Saquon Barkley. I do, man. Hmm. I I do. Yeah, I do. I'm not even gonna argue. I do. Yes. 
I got Stephen Carr, DeAndre Swift, and Travis Etienne. Right now, just from studying their freshman years, I would all take those guys over Barkley right now. And that's I'm not going to apologize take. for that. I know, I know. People are going to punch me. I'd take Najee Harris over all of them. Well, that's <laughs> that's fresh. Love that kid. <laughs> I do. He's so good. He is so good. I, I know. No <laughs> doubt about it. Well, Joe, take it away. Who else you got for us here? Well, I, you guys definitely nabbed some from me. And just to retouch on it again, those three linebackers at Miami, they're just worth the, the price of admission kind of thing. Um, just seniors that I over, oversights here. The Boston College safety, Will Harris, I'm just so happy of the player. He's worked himself into. Uh, he didn't used to be the hitter he was. Now he's just, you know, decleating cats. He's got that range, and he's really just tracking so well. There's nothing head down. It's all, it's all head up. I mean, he's. I think he's turned himself into a draftable player. Where maybe uh, when he arrived at BC and Amherst, that that might not have been the case. And then another senior safety. I don't believe we brought up Jaquan Johnson from Miami again. I know I'm probably the, the, I'm, I have no stock in Coral Gables at all, but uh, that's the leader of the Hurricane defense. You'll see him with that stupid turnover chain a bunch of times, just because he's got that nose for the ball. He's not he doesn't get it by accident. He's the leading tackler. It's another space player and. The way the league's going, you want those those rovers, the guys that could just sniff up on the line of scrimmage but won't get look talk, looking foolish in coverage. Well, I think Jaquan Johnson, that's uh, definitely a senior we needed to touch on. Then uh, underclassmen, there's a kid, I think, breakout candidate, Anthony Ratliff-Williams, the receiver from North Carolina. He's already proven he's a great kick returner. He's just got that thing aggressive after the catch that all kick returners have I mean once that ball's in their hands they become a different person and that's definitely Ratliff Williams and he just really I don't want to say spatially aware he knows where he is on the field he gets those toes in on the line he knows where the marker is he just strikes me as that smart kid who's not gonna once again not gonna get caught looking like a fool and then the, another underclassman I think he's gonna get drafted at Duke the linebacker uh, Joe Giles Harris Second-team All-American, I think, now has led the Blue Devils in tackling two years in a row. I mean, uh, when a true freshman leads you in tackling, that's really saying something. I think uh, Giles Harris, he's going to be a player and then kind of let the cat out of the bag with those run. I think Justin's right. I mean, this this, this running back talent is there. And then it, this conference is pretty, uh, uh, you know, both three of them. It's not, not just uh, Etienne. I think A.J. Dillon at Boston College is a stud. And then I think the world knows yeah. what Cam Akers is going to do. It's just we're going to have to wait a year before any of these cats are eligible. But there's no question. It's uh, I think A.J. Dillon, uh, he's not just the, the new John Hilleman. He's not just Andre Williams. I know Adazio has compared him to Williams. He's so much more explosive than Williams ever was. And no offense if you're out there listening, Andre, I guess a former giant. But uh, I think Dillon's world's better than what Williams was at, at Amherst. Yeah, Dylan. Dylan's the real deal. Uh, the new London, Connecticut product. Uh, just a bulldozer. I mean, this this guy is six foot two forty, two fifty. Uh, a bright future ahead of him. You know, uh, some linebackers here. You mentioned Will Harris at Boston College. I'll give you Connor Strachan, the linebacker there for the Eagles. You know, coming off a redshirt injury season. 
He was highly rated by Bledsoe and National coming into last year. Uh, missed the entire year. Just a guy worth monitoring to see if he bounces back. And, you know, Joe, I think you mentioned the the, the Hurricanes uh, linebacker deal. Shaq Quarterman and Michael Pinckney, I mean, these guys, um, they're the real deal. You know, Quarterman, he's a guy reminiscent of Reuben Foster when you take a look at his toughness, his hard-hitting ability, uh, just a field general there, sideline to sideline. The first true freshman to start there at Miami since Dan Morgan in 1998. So I think that says a little something. And, again, you know, you talk to the coaching staff there, they just rave about his character and work ethic. So I think Shaq Quarterman could be a potential first-round pick. His teammate, Michael Pinckney, I think he's a, a, a – Day two, mid-round guy, both Florida products, but Pinkney just, you know, really stout frame, thick lower body, very aggressive, uh, limited with his hip flexibility, I noticed. I'd like to see him be able to open up those hips a little bit more. But I, I think, you know, Pinkney really a little bit reminiscent of Ryan Shazier when you talk about the uh, speed and measurable style of play. So, uh, two more linebackers there to watch at Miami and Miami, Florida State. Is it the resurrection? I mean, these programs have a ton of talent, a ton of prospects. I don't know if they have enough to overcome Clemson. I think Clemson, despite you know what the quarterback situation is, I think they just have too much talent to be taken. That's why they play the games. So we shall see. Uh, we got about 10 minutes or so left to work with here, guys. I guess I'll, I'll toss it around for any final players, final thoughts. I'll start it off with you, Joe. Anybody here that we haven't talked about? Any impact breakout players? What do you got here for us remaining? Uh, Olamita Zacchaeus, the Virginia speedy slot option. I think he's going to be kind of like that satellite guy comes out. And then another receiver we got to give Wake Forest their dues. Well, Greg Dortch, many people have been torched by Dortch. So that that's a senior receiver, I think, to watch there. And then potential breakouts, we, we've already put it out there, but I think it needs to be said again. Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, that's, that's the key. throws such a nice deep ball. I think that change has got to be made for the betterment of, of Tiger football. And then also potential breakout, same team, that T. Higgins. Uh, we watched, we talked the spring game on a previous podcast. That kid looks smooth, and he will be relied on heavily this year. So if you're looking for that breakout wide receiver at Clemson, it, it kind of has to be Higgins. And then, uh, yeah, Puma Pass, man. Uh, if, if there's going to be a, a new sort of star in this conference, it, it, it kind of by design has to be the new Louisville quarterback. What's really interesting is there's a good team around them. They just basically lost the former Heisman Trophy winner. you got seven starters on offense. The defense isn't going to be slouches. I think they're getting BVG, uh, Brian Van Gorder, the old Notre Dame coordinator there. So uh, some interesting changes in Louisville. So, yeah, if, if there's a breakout, it, it just might just be Puma Pass. Yeah, you know, uh, so much talent here, so many players to cover. I think we've done a tremendous job of it. I mean, shout out to Joe Everett and Justin Gamble here, breaking it all down for the people. Um, this is better than media days, uh, but still a few minutes left to go. I don't want to cheat anybody 
out of the excitement. And if you have a front row ticket, then God bless you because it's been an incredible stat-packed, fact-orientated type of breakdowns here on the NFL Draft Bible uh, ACC preview show. Justin, any players we have not yet covered? Any final thoughts here going into the 2018 season as we look at this ACC 2019 NFL Draft class and beyond? Yeah, a few final thoughts for us. Um, one receiver we didn't touch on that I really dig is uh, Kelvin Harmon from NC State. He's like 6'2", 220 or something, you know. Uh, when I watch him on tape, he's kind of like a bigger Juju Smith-Schuster as far as, I mean, physical guy. Uh, he's not a guy that separates a whole lot, but he's a, he wins because he's physical and he wins because he's savvy. Uh, he looks like an NFL receiver. He looks like a guy that's playing against college kids that he's been in the NFL, but he just doesn't have the physical skills to really dominate them. But I'm as far as just, you know, smart guy who knows how to beat zone coverages, um, knows how to manipulate corners and man coverage, and really knows how to elevate and go get the ball in the air. And that's this dude. I, I think he's probably a number two or three at the next level. He might even end up being that kind of big slot type of wide receiver that, you know, gets free releases, goes over the middle and takes shots all game, but never drops a pass. I think that's him. He's kind of uh, Ryan Finley's safety blanket over there. He's a fun guy to watch. Um, and then I want to touch on quarterbacks real quick about what Joe was talking about, Trevor Lawrence coming in. But let's just say Trevor Lawrence doesn't win the job over Kelly Bryant and Davo Sweeney decides to give, you know, the senior his dues and let him finish out his final year. Kelly Bryant is like 6'4", 220, 225. And he's mobile. He can – I mean, not even mobile. He can run. He's got a pretty solid arm. We saw a few games last year where when he got in rhythm, he can actually distribute and deliver and make some tough throws. So, it, you know, I think if Kelly Bryant remains the starter, with all the weapons, with the, you know, the experienced offensive line, the system that he's now been in for a number of years, the receiving core, Travis Etienne, Tavian Feaster at running back, we might see a guy that shouldn't even keep his own job break out and improve his draft stock. I think physically his skill set is amazing and his athleticism is amazing. I think that, you know, we haven't seen him perform on a football level at a really high level yet, but you know, like I said, if he, if he keeps his job, we could see Kelly Bryant go from a guy who we thought was going to get beat out by a true freshman to a guy who maybe moves himself into day two of the draft just because of his physical abilities. So, you know, I saw a few games last year. Where I was so encouraged by his growth and kind of what you saw, the potential. Like, you saw he's on the cusp of reaching that potential, at least starting to, you know, scratch at it and show off the things that he's finally capable of doing because he's been sitting behind Watson for so many years. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think Kelly Bryant is a breakout candidate. And then Malik Rozier, Rozier, I don't know how to pronounce his name, from Miami, uh, he had a few games last year, too, where he looked in rhythm. He looked sharp. He looked smart. Um, the Toledo game, I believe it was, he just, I mean, I know it's Toledo, but picked them apart, looked in rhythm the entire game. It almost looked like he couldn't miss. Like, every throw, every drop back he had, he knew where he was going, and it was on point, on the money. He was good to go. Um, he's got a good arm. He kind of aims the ball, though. He's got a weird release sometimes. His mechanics get funky. But another dude who can run, who's got size, who's got arms, talent, um, and I think he's a candidate for sure this year with Richards coming back with all the skill players at Miami. Um, so, yeah, two quarterbacks. I think that 
probably shouldn't even keep their own jobs in some right with the underclassmen coming in, but um, could potentially break out. So keep eyes. Yeah, definitely going to be an interesting situation to monitor um, from all perspectives. And Rozier, I think he was just named the starter there. So, okay. you know, going back to Mon Richards, you know, listen, hey, this guy's played with inconsistent quarterbacks, even going back to the days of Brad Kaya, say what you want, just inconsistent yeah. quarterback play throughout his career. And I agree with you guys. I think the Odell Beckham comparison, maybe not as explosive and as great as OBJ, not many are, but definitely a guy I think will be a better pro than college player. And, you know, listen, that's been another hour of power, man. I mean, who gives you more knowledge than these two guys? Joe Everett, Justin Gamble. I mean, you know, Roseanne, they have the laugh uh, button, whatever these comedy shows, Seinfeld, they got the laugh track. Play the applaud track, somebody. Where's my producer at when I need him? Play the <laughs> applaud track over here. I mean, stand up, take a bow, drop the mic, whatever the case may be. I appreciate these guys, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble. Of course, I was Rick Saratella for another edition of the NFL Draft Bible Podcast Show. We broke down the SEC last week or a couple weeks back. We just broke down the ACC from head to toe. And we'll be back with a uh, Big Ten B1G preview show. Stay tuned for that. Of course, keep it locked on the NFLDraftBible.com. Follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. Everything we do is up there. And any inquiries, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. We appreciate everybody who listened. We'll catch you next time. See you later, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.